Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode. Just a reminder for new listeners, or just an announcement for new listeners, that the Inner Peace practice is episodes 1 through 12 and now now that that work is done and that foundation is laid down now I'm interested I'm interviewing interesting mover and shakers of peace peace warriors peace advocates <laughs> interesting people of peace that's a good one interesting people of peace we need an acronym for it and today my interesting person is Kelvin Young Hey so, Kev, how you doing, man? Good, man. All right. For you know, Kelvin Young, uh, his main function right now in our helping our society is with sound healing mm. and the therapy and getting people to relax and meditate and loosen up. A lot of tight people <laughs> out there, Kelvin. You know? Yes. So can can you tell the listeners what are the what are the, uh, the benefits of sound healing? But sound therapy is a great uh, modality that we can use to help us to to truly calm our minds, to relax our bodies, uh, to nourish our souls. Mm. Uh, there's different health benefits associated with sound therapy or sound healing, um, such as um, stress relief, stress reduction. Um, sound therapy helps with um, people that's dealing with uh, tight muscles or mm. physical pain in their bodies. Uh, feelings of anxiety, uh, depression, uh, post-traumatic stress, um, sleep issues that um, people may be having, energetic blockages that may be having, mm. um, and different other chronic uh, stress-related health conditions that we experience, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the Western world. Oh, and oh yeah. So yes. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because we're outside because mm -hmm. it's a nice day, right? We came outside on this mm. little patio. Beautiful day. And the birds started chirping. And you were like, that's sound therapy right there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The therapy of, of being out in nature, the sounds, the, the primordial sounds of nature is mm. so therapeutic and healing. And coming out in the beauty of nature, it's so grounding. It's yeah. so um, balancing for us. And it brings us back to that place of, brings us back home, right. back into homostasis and balance. Right. And it's, it's a beautiful place to, to uh, ground ourselves and root ourselves um, when we fill in discombobulated or off balance or right. stressed out right right and, and thank goodness for you and other people that do sound healing mm. and sound therapy uh and you know you uh, work one-on-one -on -one with people you also mm -hmm. do groups mm -hmm. like seminars and whatnot yeah they do have opportunities to do uh group sessions people can lay down people lay down yeah. people lay down uh, on their mats um you know we have a uh a eye pillow for them, blankets, mm. bolsters, anything that make a person feel comfortable. Right. And we lay down for like 45 minutes to an hour. And then as people just take in um, the different sounds and frequencies uh, and vibration from the different healing tools that I utilize. All right, you just said a key word, man. Something I talk about on this podcast is vibrations. Mm. Yes. Sound is vibration. That's right. That's right. So we wonder why a lot of Westerners wonder why the to, uh, not all Buddha, well the Tibetan tradition definitely. Oh, mm -hmm. um, right. Mm -hmm. The chant Om, okay. Yeah. Om vibrates our head, man. This is vi high vibration. Yes. 
when I first went to an ashram back in 2012, mm-hmm. during the meditation sessions, they were having chanting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had no experience with chanting. And I remember being like, I don't want to do this chanting stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. And somebody explained it to me. They were mm-hmm. like, look, it's raising vibrations. Mm-hmm. When you get people in the same room and they're on the same that sound. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So now, now this vibration has an effect on our on our body right absolutely yeah you know um you know our body is made up over 70 percent water mm-hmm. you know so the sound frequency that's going through our bodies it just penetrates to the to the cellular level and you can feel it um not only you can hear it with our ears but you can feel it throughout our bodies and you know when we're focusing on on whether it's any chant or ohm or whatever the case may be we're not worrying about the different stressors in our life, and we're, we're focusing uh, in, in that ohm, that sound, that chant is keeping us in, in the present moment. Right. And, you know, when we, we have that primordial sound of ohm, mm. which I believe is the sound of the universe, yeah. when we connect to that sound, you know, we connect to all that is, you know, and, you know, it really it, it is it's a very transformative um, experience um, when you really get into that to chanting or, or, or really embody the sounds that, that penetrate our bodies. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. What is, what is, look at this tree, Kelvin, this tree. That's like, I don't know, 20 feet away from us. Mm-hmm. That's a big tree. Yes. Like that. You don't see trees like that often. That's it's been a, around for a very long time. It's been around a really long time. Yeah. And that's what is mm-hmm. right. Yes. Right. So that tree is alive. Mm hmm. And uh, that's what it is, man. It's same with these plants. Same mm-hmm. with uh, people have trouble. A lot of people have trouble accepting what is. Mm. Everyone's trying to control, right? Mm. So when they come into your sessions, they work with you. Mm-hmm. You're releasing that, right? Mm. Yeah, make an effort and energy. And that's my intention. And, you know, we talk about that. And, you know, we live in a very fast-paced society, mm. you know. And it's like our, our, our nervous system you know, was designed for a world that no longer exists. You know, when our ancestors, right, right. you know, we, you know, the fight or flight response or the stress yeah, response, it was yeah. very much needed, you know, to flee from a dangerous situation mm-hmm. or protect ourselves from one. But that saber-toothed tiger that our ancestors dealt with, um, it no longer exists, but that saber-toothed tiger in the modern-day society is, is bills. You know, that saber-toothed tiger is finances, is finances yeah. and bills and a stressful boss, a toxic relationship, um, our health conditions, so different things. So it's not just a physical threat or perceived threat. We're dealing with a lot of mental, emotional uh We got it threats. easy compared to our ancestors, <laughs> for the most part. I, I mean, fight or flight, what do we really need? I mean, you might mm. need it if you're in the hood. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? If you live in the projects, right? We, we both know that world. Mm stuff goes down yeah um but you know and sometimes somebody has a, a poor home mm-hmm. maybe there's a parent that's abusive or mm-hmm. maybe there's an alcoholic father or mm-hmm. something so there might be some fight or flight in there mm-hmm. um but for the most part it's just something that comes on every now and again right well our, our society i mean it's kind of like it's built for that to come on every so often right but like the, the things that we, we stress about nowadays is it's it, you know stress it, it's, it's so subjective so what may be stressful for me it might not be stressful for you right and vice versa so how right. we perceive an event or situation makes it stressful right. or, or not so therefore 
you know, things could be stressful for us. And just um, how do we, we deal with that stress when it when it comes up, you know? And, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we, when we look at stress and, and the different experiences, especially growing up in the hood, you know, things were traumatizing. Things yeah. were stressful and eventful, but we never really um, talk about that. It is what it is, yeah. you know. But those things um, affect our, our, our health and well-being. And one of the things that chronic stress does for us is weaken our immune system that makes yeah. us more susceptible to diseases and illness, colds and flus and, and what have you. Yep. So it's so important that we... we are mindful yeah. of our, our stress that's in our life and acute stress. You know, we need that as part of our survival mechanism. Right, right. But it's the chronic stress that it's that's causing chronic. a lot of health issues sure um, for is. a lot of people, and, particularly and, in America. Yeah, and what happens is a lot of times this results in high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And I try to, you know, as a health practitioner, I try to educate people on blood pressure because, you know, the two numbers are different. Mm. That top number, <laughs> the top number is all about stress. Mm. It's all about stress. It's attached to the adrenal glands. Mm-hmm. The bottom number is about the kidneys and releasing mm. waste. So if your bottom number is high, mm-hmm. it's probably more about what you're eating. Mm. But the top number, it's all stress. So I've seen this with clients in the past mm-hmm. where they have high blood pressure and the top number is like 150. Mm. The bottom number is normal. It's around 80. Mm-hmm. That's just stress. Mm. That's just stress. It's all stress right there. That's where someone like you comes in or someone like this pot or something like this podcast mm-hmm. comes in. Um, people are stressed out, man. Their finances are the saber tooth tiger. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> but you're right. We're, we're wired for this hunter gatherer type of mentality that humans used to be. Mm-hmm. And now, now people are stressed chronically stressed out and they're also programmed they don't know it they're socially engineered because they're watching Mm. crazy tv shows Mm -hmm. right you ever see sons of anarchy dude no (laughs) don't don't (laughs) right i remember watching this show i don't know seven years ago whenever Mm -hmm. it was and i remember being stressed out like Mm. this show is stressful like yeah there's so much lying and there's just so much violence and a lot of show most shows are like that Mm -hmm. even if you watch a reality tv show like the bachelor or something Mm -hmm. like that right (laughs) these are just high drama right is isn't this affecting our vibration isn't this isn't this making help isn't this contributing to chronic stress in human beings especially in america I believe so. Yes, I, I believe so. The amount of television we watch, and I think it's, it's, there's a level where we can, um, you know, kind of like unplug and watch some healthy um, television or a movie just to kind of like take our mind off of, of things in our life. But you know, the the amount of TV that Americans watch is it's it's a lot. You know, and what, what is that doing to our nervous system? What is that doing to our minds? Uh, what's that doing to our hearts? You know, and and the news that's another thing. You know, what is that doing to um, you know, our, our body and our organs. So, you know, it, it's it's wise to be informed of what's going on, you know, around the world. And it's okay, I believe, to watch um, something to kind of, like, get our mind off things. But be mindful uh, of, of what we're watching and how that's making our body feel um, is so important. And watching television, you know, it, it takes us to that, from that, that beta state of, of brainwave activities mm-hmm. to the alpha state which is a more of a, a, a hypnotic state. Mm. So, you know, one of the reasons why advertising is so expensive on television because 
you know, television brings us to that, that hypnotic alpha state. Mm. So the subliminal messages that's being broadcast um, on television, it affects our, our, our consciousness and right. our, our state of being. So just being mindful of those things and being mindful of what we consume, you know, not only just in our bodies, um, such as food, but also what we listen to, what we watch, yeah. you know, and, and, and all those things, we're consuming those energies into our bodies. So just being mindful now you're talking, of that. You mentioned waves, man. You're talking. <laughs> can, you ex- can you explain more about the, like the theta, the theta waves? And mm-hmm. Isn't the theta waves is like when you're in a deep meditation? Yeah, the theta, the theta is, is when you're in a deep uh, meditative state. Um, and it's not alpha theta state. You know, the beta state is like where we're in right now, is the awakened state. And the alpha state is, is a relaxed state of being. Most people get there by meditating or watching television or it's more of a calm state. And some people, whether they're meditating or during a sound healing session, they go into that, that theta state, which mm. is a more deeper meditative state. Mm. But it's also, you know, what we're doing and our intentions behind it. But when we're in that alpha theta state, it's, it's known as the healing state because we're relaxed. And when we're in that relaxed state, our bodies have a natural, innate mm. ability to yes. heal itself. Yes, it's it's very similar to fasting. Mm. It's very, mm. it's the same concept as fasting, right? Like if an animal is sick, mm-hmm. it's going to go sit under the shade and mm. not eat. It's going to not That's eat true. for like a week. Yeah. You know, it just lets its body heal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously fasting has has been a natural healing method for humans for centuries absolutely yeah and um it's it's sort of the same thing it's it's what i call the cast theory like if you broke your leg Mm -hmm. you'd be on a cast and you had a crutch Mm -hmm. well you're off your leg so Mm -hmm. now your leg can heal so it's sort of the same thing right if you fast you're putting your you're putting your digestive system on break Mm -hmm. so it can heal and what you're saying is if you go into these deep relaxation states Mm -hmm. Your body now has a chance to heal, to right? heal itself, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're, drop, I, we're dropping knowledge today. <laughs> we're dropping knowledge today. I love uh, one of the the, um, the quotes that Thich Nhat Hanh says. And he said, um, mm. when we give ourselves the chance to get rid of all tension, the body's natural capacity to heal itself begins to work. Right. And that's it's, it's so true. You know, we're dealing with a lot of tension. We're dealing with a lot of stress uh, in a modern-day society. But we, if we take the opportunity to simply just be whether it's meditation or sound healing or you have a yoga practice or spending quality time in nature massage therapy reiki there's so many different mind body holistic practices yeah that we can um experience in our life to bring us to that place of calmness and inner peace and to relieve that tension and allowing our body to naturally heal itself i i, I love tick tick not can you imagine him getting angry <laughs> You can't, right? I don't want to see him angry. <laughs> right? Just so peaceful, yeah, so yeah, calm. Yeah, he's a really calm, calm, calm. brother, yeah. And you, and you see that in a lot of the the, the Zen masters mm-hmm. and, and the masters in general, the mm-hmm. gurus and things like this. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just that calm mm-hmm. state. And some mm-hmm. of them are able to talk mm-hmm. in a way. And that's sort of what I do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this, I, 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 I talk, uh, I guess you could say normally. Um, and you've seen me do seminars and Mm -hmm. lectures, so I don't talk like this. Mm -hmm. I'm more, I'm more energetic. I'm I'm performing if you will. Mm -hmm. But when I do things like this, it's soft and, and I do that. Well, first of all, it's called inner peace, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I do that purposely. So one, I can really relax. Mm -hmm. I can be myself and two, 
this helps the listener's ears. Mm-hmm. This, bring, this brings about a whole other vibration. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that from other um, speakers, other mm-hmm. gurus and whatnot. It, mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain way someone can speak. Mm-hmm. With pauses mm-hmm. and make people get in touch with themselves. Mm-hmm. It creates a, a meditative life. A lot of people think meditation is just sitting there and closing your eyes. But mm. we can we can live a meditative life too, right? Mm-hmm. Right? We don't have to close our eyes. Yeah. Right? We can just be in the present. Watch these cars go by. Mm-hmm. Listen to these birds. Right? Unless you're in the hood. See? It messes everything up. <laughs> you know, right right back to the the whole hood thing. Mm-hmm. You know, what a, what a disadvantage mm. being born into that. Mm. And people got to find their way out. Yeah. You know, people are dealing with a lot, you know, dealing with poverty, uh, systemic racism, um, injustices. And, you know, a lot of people think it's it's bad luck, but a lot of the systems that's in place here. It's designed. It's designed to keep us in poverty. It's designed to keep us sick, obese and addicted. Right. You know, and being mindful of that and seeing how these systems um, is being being played, especially in, in communities of color. Right. You know how, you know, there's 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 liquor stores and package stores yeah. and alcohol yeah. um all Ma- over. Yeah. You know, McDonalds, McDonald's fried chicken. Uh fast food, um uh, food, class D food, um in these different um stores in the in the communities. Yeah. Um, you know, drugs, um is, is all over the place designed. Designed. You know, designed, designed. um in, in these in these communities, you well, know. It's just like if you go, um, it's just like if you go to a nice town, mm-hmm. you go down to Greenwich mm. and you'll see a, a Greenwich Ave is mm-hmm. loaded with like high, quote unquote, quality fashion places, clothes places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they cater to whatever community they're in, man. Yeah. It's 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 too bad. It's like we're living in one big infomercial. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's the Truman Show. Remember that movie? <laughs> yeah. Ah, so dude, yeah. You know? So and one of my passion is really just bringing these these holistic practices to communities of color. How do we um, look at, take care of ourselves and take care of our health? You know, being a black man growing up in America, yeah. you know, like I said earlier, you know, when a stressful situation, I, I didn't use the word trauma growing up. Right. You know, it just, you know, we've seen some very traumatic experience in our life and we just kind of like we dealt with it because right. it is what it is, right. you know, and, and depending on the culture you grew up in, you know, you either was taught to just pray about it or we, we go to the package store or smoke a blunt or whatever the case to kind of like de-stress from that. Right. But what is that doing to our bodies? What is it doing to our health? So mm-hmm. one of my passion is to really bring in holistic practices, um, to our communities of color and and really t- having these conversations how do we um take care of our, our health and well-being and how do we just dis- demystify these holistic practices such as yoga meditation and sound healing and you know for a very long time i thought yoga was for rich white women right, right. because it's way it's market and promoted particularly in the united states right. and, and and meditation was for buddhists and hippies yeah. you know so i didn't think it was for me because i didn't see a lot of people um practicing modalities look like me right so i, I like this is not for me so i had to like really look at the misconceptions that i had about these holistic practices and once i experienced it for myself you know and really benefit from the uh the practice myself 
and I said, okay, this this works for me. When I'm angry, when I'm feeling any type of raw human emotion, when I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling sad. Um, I, I have these holistic practices that I can utilize now instead of reaching for alcohol or marijuana or cocaine right. or right. heroin right. or the prescription opiates that I, I consumed for many, many years. Yeah, and that's that's a good segue into mm-hmm. a little bit of your background. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had issues with drugs back in the day mm-hmm. you ended up in prison mm-hmm. back in the day mm-hmm. um you turned everything around mm. you know when i met you mm-hmm. which is probably five six years ago about now, that yeah maybe even a little more mm-hmm. you know you were a, a a valuable member of the holistic health community mm-hmm. in Hartford. you know yeah. i didn't i didn't know yeah. <laughs> drug i didn't know drug kelvin i yeah. didn't know prison kelvin at mm-hmm. all you know yeah. just like a lot of people don't know um Radio Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we meet each other at different points in our lives. Mm -hmm. So when I heard your story, I was like, wow, Mm. that's really cool, man. And, you know, it's it's cool to see people turn it around. Mm. And you, um, you know, you work with the prison systems now. Mm -hmm. You know, you give back to that because you there's a soft spot in your heart for Mm. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like being in prison. We used to listen to you, K Dubs. You know what I mean? Nineties <laughs> at nine, you know, and that kept us going. Right. That kept us going. You know, uh, being in a very hostile and restrictive environment such as prison. You know, music was it was therapy, and it still is therapy for me. And that's why I learned about these holistic practices such as sound healing and 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 yoga and meditation while I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And it helped me to change the uh, trajectory of my life. You know, by incorporating these different holistic practices. I was able to find a sense of calmness and inner peace being in a very hostile and restrictive environment such as prison. Mm. But most importantly, I was able to understand the root causes of my experiences with addiction. Mm. And from my lived experience, I learned that it was the unhealed, unprocessed emotional pain. I realized it was the trauma that I experienced in my life and the toxic chronic stress was at the root of my addiction. Mm. So I was reaching for something outside of myself to find a sense of relief from that distress. And for a very long time, I found it in alcohol and the cocaine and the other drugs I did. And it worked for a while until it didn't work. And I got caught up in a very vicious cycle of addiction. And What was the moment, Calvin, mm-hmm. in, in prison? Mm-hmm. What was the moment when you started to turn it around? Because you didn't turn it around after prison. You turned it around in, in prison. prison. Yeah, it was the aha moment. My daughter... Um, she was my source of inf- inspiration. I, I never forget laying on my bunk bed in prison, thinking about, you know, I needed to be, make some changes in my life. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. I needed to make some changes in my life. I wanted my daughter to be um, proud of me. I wanted to be the man and the, and the father that my daughter could look up to and be proud of. So I took advantage of every single program available, you know, while I was there. And there was a tier three drug treatment program in prison yeah. that truly helped me the most. And that's where I learned about these holistic practices. Um, and my daughter was my daughter was the inspiration for me to find the inner motivation to make the necessary changes in my life. The catalyst. Yeah, she, it was the catalyst, you know. So, dude, you were you were rehabilitated. Yeah. You yeah. you. Connecticut needs to pick up someone like you and say, look, <laughs> this is what prison can do, mm. you know, because it doesn't rehabilitate everyone. Right. Because at the end of the day, whether you're locked up or not, it's the person's decision mm-hmm. to change. Nobody can change you unless you want to change. Right. And that's and the bottom line. You and had your aha moment. Yeah. And you you took advantage and you changed. And, you know, now you're, you know, you're the holistic mayor of Harvard. I mean, you're out. <laughs> Everyone knows Kelvin Young, you know. Bruce Springsteen, I call him. You're, out, you're always traveling. For those that don't know Kelvin, I mean, he's, he's uh, 
He's on the go mm. a lot. <laughs> like he, there's no like set office to come see Kelvin. Like he comes see you. <laughs> You're like Meals on Wheels, man. You're everywhere. <laughs> You're everywhere, man. Oh, man. Bruce Springsteen. You're gonna be playing Madison Square Garden in a few years. Oh man. Sound healing. But you know, um, that's just great that you you know you turned it around, mm. and I'm sure the people that you were in locked up with. Not all of them did. Mm. Some people come out and they're like, "I want to go back." Look, right. look at DMX. Mm. That, yeah. dude, that dude's been in jail uh, half his life and still is. He goes back all the time, like it's a retreat center. Yeah, you and know. a lot of it is systematically designed, I believe. You know, and I remember when I first went to prison back in the nineties. You know, the counselor during orientation said that like ninety percent of y'all will be back. And I was like, what kind of thing to say that? That's not encouraging. But, you know, from my experience, it was right. You know, and it's, once we have that number, you know, it's hard to, that number, that number is with us. That number is with me. 270-014. That number is with mm. me, you know, to the day the casket drops. You, you still, know? Knows, oh, you still yeah, know the number. Because it's programmed. You know, it's, they programmed that number into us. And that number will be with me to the day I die. But on the outside world, it's mm. the same thing with the social security number. It's the it? same exact thing. <laughs> same uh, exact now thing. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> because in prison, you know, um, that's your, your property. That's right. your number. Right. And right. I, I see the similarities with the social security numbers. Right. Right. Absolutely, man. Mm. And and you know what? Phone numbers, too. Mm. Yeah. We're attached to those numbers. Oh, dude. I mean, phone number, not as much. Mm -hmm. But uh, obviously, you can change your number. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had my number for 15 years. <laughs> the thought of changing it is like, oh no, yeah. I can't change it. Right. Right. How is everybody in contact with right, me? Right, right, yeah. right, right. And, and then think about all the things online that you have to fill out all the mm -hmm. forms and they always ask for a phone number, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So we're, we're really attached to our numbers. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that's true, man. So. So, so, true. so people that are locked up, man, they could use some sound therapy. Mm, yeah. Right? And, you know, now I have the opportunity to, to go back to prisons, but now through the front doors instead of through the back doors and shackles and um, an orange jumpsuit. So and I have an opportunity to bring sound therapy back. You know, yeah. I went to um, to Big Cheshire um, a couple of weeks ago and had an opportunity to bring sound therapy and share a little bit of my experience, strength and hope of recovery and sound therapy to um, the fellas that's incarcerated there and and just how powerful the experience was for people and, and just how they shared about how the sound and the vibration made them feel and even one of the CEOs you know he was saying like how stressful he was beginning um, before the sound meditation and how he just experienced the crystal bowls and how it brought him to a place of calmness and relaxation mm. and all these gentlemen was like just sharing about their personal experience to the, to the point where um, the counselor supervisor emailed me and want to create like a monthly sound meditation mm. um, for the people that's incarcerated there um, to help them to deal with um, the stress and, and the tension that they're dealing with because there's a lot of stress uh, while incarcerated. There's a lot of things that you're dealing with um, while you're incarcerated mm. and there's drugs in prison like anywhere else. So there's, there's ways for people to deal with um, the distress while in prison. Um, but there's other healthier alternatives that we can learn, such as meditation. We in in prison, you might be thrown into a fight or flight real fast. Easily, yes, easily. Um, you know, we easily in that that fight or flight response. Just the energy, um, the vibration in, in a prison. Um, you, 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 the energy is low, so we we're always on edge. You always um, in that 
that reactive mode you know i've done prison work mm-hmm. um i volunteered and did um speaking mm-hmm. i wanted to give back because the people locked up mm-hmm. sent me a lot of letters when yeah. i was a professional radio personnel mm-hmm. got Absolutely. a lot of mail yeah <laughs> and um so I, I, de- I went into the prisons and mm-hmm. I talked and at the time it was all, you know, the fruit and vegetable stuff. And they're mm-hmm. all like, oh, that's cool, man. But I don't got a choice. I, they, right. I eat what they give me. Right. So. And even the commissary on the choices is pretty poor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I almost want to go back with this, you know, um, oh, can they get a podcast in prison? I don't even yeah, know. I'm not sure. But um, if I got the crystal bowls and the gong and the the metal bowls into the prisons uh why not you yeah. know um but yeah it, even just talking about inner peace you yeah, know yeah. in prison yeah dude I, I mean and and then when i go to a prison in connecticut mm-hmm. they, st- they still remember k dub yeah absolutely it's crazy it's and, absolutely and, and, and i get a lot of jenny boom boom questions <laughs> <laughs> like what she like what she look like but at the end of the day there's people locked up and they're like oh i used to listen to you man yeah like is is pretty wild. Like I told you, that that got us through through um, some very trying, difficult moments being incarcerated. You know, it wasn't no. So you mean all that no, acting silly on the radio wasn't for nothing? Acting silly, you know, the hip hop, the music. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean, just the hanging just out the with whole, people. Yeah, meeting, interviewing different recording artists that we we admire and enjoy and their, their music. So all of that, the whole entertainment aspect, the edutainment of it, was very um, inspiring for us. It, it get it got us through. Um, some difficult nights so yeah man it yeah. really really helped us you know made it made time go by much much easier mm. um being incarcerated right right listen to k-dubs yeah man. <laughs> k-dubs is it's a long time ago <laughs> it's hard to believe it's coming up on 10 years it's hard to yeah, believe yeah it is huh wow yeah, yeah i've been gone for a while yeah but um man yeah i seem to change every 10 years <laughs> now that i'm in my i'm in my 40s mm-hmm. now it's time to change again uh, evolve yeah evolve yes evolve man how do you see yourself evolving you've been doing the sound therapy so i remember you were you were a, you were a director of a mm-hmm. nonprofit organization yeah toivo yep. and Hartford. director of toivo co-founder of toivo and you know that was a catalyst for me and and uh in a very uh powerful way where i got into sound therapy got into healing um got into um, different holistic practices um, there as well too, and, and really helping other people that's experiencing similar um, experiences such as addiction, addictive states, or or emotional distress. Having a place where people could come and learn about these different modalities, and have an opportunity to study sound therapy, and really um, take it to the next level, mm. um, it's been it's been um, a beautiful experience uh, for me. And I um, rest in peace to my my mentor and de- dear friend and founder of Toivo, Darren Drum, mm. um, for really seeing something in me uh, when I didn't even see it in myself right. um, coming out of prison. Um, but I have I had a zest for life and a new um, perspective on how to really um, utilize holistic practices uh, within addiction recovery. And and us two together, we really um, took Toivo to another level and now have an opportunity to bring sound therapy, um, having my own practice now and bringing sound therapy to different mental health centers, working with Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services and Department of Corrections and working with uh, schools and and different mental health agencies and different other places throughout um, Connecticut and beyond Mm. and bring these not only my message and story of recovery but these tools that we can utilize in our lives and been like about four years now and I see myself within the next year working with my mentor to actually 
um, offer certification trainings um, to be a sound therapist, be, mm. to do sound therapy. Okay, okay. So that's my, my next level of, of, of involvement, uh, so to speak, is really offer certification trainings um, in sound healing therapy sure. um, to people um, to bring these modalities into their communities, into their studios, into their homes, um, to their family, and to really understand the transformative powers of, of sound. Sure, sure. And uh, I only had the opportunity to meet Darren once. Mm-hmm. I think it was once. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I talk about death a lot on this podcast because mm-hmm. it's, it's a very big reality of life. Mm. And I say, you know, it's the biggest event mm-hmm. of our lives. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And um, because it's going to be a gradual process. I mean, unless you catch a bullet to the head, mm. uh, it's going to be a gradual process. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a snap of the fingers. Right. It's going to be like this slow decline type thing whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's over the course of five minutes or whether it's co- over the course of five weeks so it's a big event mm-hmm. and you know he's an example of how you know it can end fast mm-hmm. yeah it, it can end fast mm-hmm. and so how do you think i mean this is obviously a left field incident for you and other mm-hmm. people to have him pass so suddenly and he was a young man. Mm-hmm. Was he like 50? He was in the 40s, yeah, like 46 years old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how does that passing of a friend and mentor, mm-hmm. how does that affect your living life now? Yeah, it's when I really think about it, um, the, hum- the very human aspects of me, and I had the honor of um, the grief that I'm going through um, with that, um, the very human aspects of me miss him physically, you know, and, and um, you know, the things that we talked about and shared, you know, we shared a lot of laughter, a lot of tears, um, and we worked um, very closely together and to implement in Toivo, uh, and um, it was, it was tragic, but I'm so grateful that I had opportunity to talk to him. Um, two days before he passed, mm-hmm. you know, I had an opportunity to go to the hospital. And, you know, when I first walked in, you know, see him laying in the hospital uh, bed and, you know, looking pretty weak, you know, I, I hugged him and we both started crying um, instantly, you know, just seeing mm-hmm. him like that. Um, it just it just touched us uh, very deeply. Mm-hmm. And, but we had opportunity to talk and laugh and, and, and just kind of joke around like how we used to joke all the time at Toivo, you know, just hours of laughing and talking about all different things and having an opportunity to really catch up on a lot of stuff. And, you know, seeing, um, you know, his future, the things he wanted to do and his aspirations. But I, I'm, I never forget when I left, I gave him a rose quart um, stone, gemstone for him to have and. You know, he, he held it in both of his hands as he gave me the namaste posture, mm. um, holding back tears, you know, and, and just energetically, I felt that, you know, it, it was something, something, you know. You think he knew it was coming to an end? Um, I'm sure he, he he's very intuitive. He, he was a Qigong uh, practitioner, mm. um, so he understood energy. And um, Was he a Taoist? Um, he, he, was, he, he believed in, he was learning those teachings okay, yeah. of the Tao, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know he had difficult um heart difficulties that he was you know seriously dealing with right but that's the energy the energy that we felt um and that's why i gave him the rose court because of of i know how how it works with um my heart chakra and heart energy and love mm. um unconditional love and 
the way we 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 um we kind of saluted each other it just felt like like he knew something you know and, and energetically i felt that and just to get the call um a couple of days after that he passed away mm. um it really it really um shook me and rocked my world oh yeah um and it was just um you know because it came out of nowhere because we thought he was he'd be home right um you thought, it, it, you thought yeah he thought it was a it was a hospital yeah, yeah. visit you know so yeah. So that kind of like allowed me to kind of see things from a different perspective. I also tragically lost my brother last year as well right, too in, right. in, in a car accident, Ugh. and that was very, very, very traumatic. Um, older brother, me. yeah, older brother, yeah. Um, and like those different, those two deaths in particular, allowed me to look at um, those that transition in, in a different way, and to really help me to really honor life, you know, mm-hmm. and really um, every single day have opportunity. Uh, to live and to live to the fullest and and really make um, a difference not only in my life but a life for others while I'm here because that transition is going to come. I, I think that it's important to note mm-hmm. that living to the fullest needs mm-hmm. to be cleanly or health healthy, mm-hmm. right? Right. We can't go back to the alcohol mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, even eating poorly. So some people mm-hmm. take this whole live life to the fullest thing. Mm-hmm to mean debauchery you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying right to like yeah really well i'm gonna die anyway so i'm eating this fried chicken and i'm gonna yeah. do blow some lines of cocaine yeah you know? it's like we need to live it to the fullest but in a healthy way right to our fullest potential yes. and and what that means for us you know and what that means for me is just really kind of like being of service being of support for people that's going through different uh, emotional distresses and leave states. the world better yeah then you found it. Absolutely. That's it, man. Planting those seeds. That's it. I, I always tell people, we have three responsibilities. Mm. Human beings have three. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just three. Number one is to have superb mental health. Mm. Like unshakable. Mm-hmm. If you can get to the point where you're unshakable, mm-hmm. like if you insult me, it doesn't matter. Mm. Right? Because mm-hmm. only an ego gets insulted, right? Mm. Two, to have pristine physical health. Mm-hmm. Right? We want to have good physical health, right? We don't want to be on a, a, a ton of prescription drugs at 40 years old, mm-hmm. right? And the third one is to leave the world better than what you found it. Mm. And that means there's a, that's a big umbrella term. There's a lot underneath that, right? Mm-hmm. That could be being a good parent. That could be doing stuff like you're doing, you know, helping the community, bringing these holistic modalities, mm-hmm. helping people. We're... we're we all get a little platform, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really small. Sometimes it's really big, mm-hmm. right? Ours is somewhat small, but yet bigger than the average. Mm-hmm. And then you got someone like, I don't know, Dwayne Johnson or mm-hmm. Helen DeGeneres. Like, they have huge platforms, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. No, there's no exception. Yeah. We all have an expiration date, mm-hmm. right? We're all milk that's going to go bad. Mm-hmm. All of us. There's no exception. Yeah. And it's not just us. It's the birds and the mm-hmm. squirrels. And this beautiful tree that we see is going mm-hmm. to die one day. Mm-hmm. So everything comes to an end, Kelvin. That's part of the human experience. It's it's part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. existence. And so people around you are going to pass away. And sometimes mm-hmm. unexpectedly. And what you're saying is you had two people mm-hmm. close to you mm-hmm. pass away unexpectedly in a two-year stretch. Yeah. Yeah, That's a lot. last year and, and, and Darren this year, yeah. 
That's a lot. Yeah. Does the grieving process open you up more? Does it does it make you personally um, fill up with a little more light, so to speak? Does it make you more loving and caring? Mm-hmm. It it um it depends on the day. To be honest with you, you know, there's days I wake up and I want to get out of bed. Um, that I just feel like just very sad. Right. But I'm learning to honor that instead of reaching for something outside of myself. Um, to escape that pain that gave me that temporary escape such as the cocaine or the heroin or the alcohol or even the herbs the weed so therefore i could sit with those emotions now and really feel those emotions because right. i believe it's important for us to feel before we heal feel but the before very, you heal yeah but the very spiritual aspects of me understand that okay you know um energetically my peoples are still with me you know what i mean sure i have a conversation with my mother she passed away a couple of years ago i have conversations with my brother and a conversation with darren uh, on a spiritual level, and there's a very spiritual aspects of me, I understand that he's still here, but just in a different frequency, a different vibration. Um, so therefore, I can still have communication, but the very human aspects miss them in a physical form. Mm. So therefore, and I, I move back and forth um, with that. Understand that they're, they're still with me. Understand that this is part of the transition of the human experience. Um, but at the same time, um, when I'm feeling those raw human emotion and missing them physically, I'm missing their presence or seeing their face or laughing with them and joking with them or, or going somewhere with them, spending time with them. Um, when I feel that emotion, when I feel that grief or that sadness, um, when I feel that pain, I'm, I'm able to like be with it and sit with it and right. feel it. Right. Allow myself to release tears if I need to. Allow myself to cry if I need to. Catharsis. Yeah. Allow Catharsis. myself to lay in bed if I need to yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah. That's um, a good segue to, uh, I wanted to ask you about social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you've garnered a little audience on mm. your personal Facebook page, which mm-hmm. is interesting because mm-hmm. most people do it on a business page mm-hmm. or an Instagram, and you have a personal page mm-hmm. that gets a lot of attention, which I guess is cool because mm-hmm. you're doing it at a local level, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So someone in Nebraska doesn't necessarily need Kelvin Young like mm. someone in Middletown or Hartford mm. right mm-hmm. right like you, you that's you're you're the local Bruce Springsteen <laughs> of um of of sound healing here. <laughs> and you're you know you put out information you're not shy about your story mm-hmm. you're not hiding your story at mm-hmm. all and a lot of people would because mm-hmm. people some people are going to judge you. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no way Naturally, around it, yeah, right? right? Yeah. Somebody might hear that you used to be in prison, and they're like, oh, mm-hmm. they might walk the other way. Yeah, and that's okay. Especially being African-American. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we know the stereotypes mm-hmm. um, that exist in some people. Absolutely. And you, um, you're not afraid to be vulnerable. Mm. And, like, you just did it. Mm. You just talked about laying in bed and mm-hmm. having these emotions, having these instances. Mm-hmm. And so you do share those on social media every mm-hmm. now and again. You slip that in mm-hmm. amongst a lot of positivity. Mm-hmm. So it's like inspire, 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 inspire. They're raw. <laughs> raw. Here's what I'm going through or right. here's what I went through. Mm-hmm. And then inspire, inspire, mm-hmm. inspire, inspire. So it's, it's a nice balance mm. because some people are venting every day. <laughs> and their social media page becomes their diary. Yeah. That's it. We live in a diary era. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like 
some people kept a journal or a diary when they were 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Now people are doing it on Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter. They're mm-hmm. putting their business out there. And so yeah. you put it out there in a way that's not overwhelming. Mm. And people can connect to it. And maybe that's why you've developed this low following. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, Do you think that's the case? Yeah, absolutely. I, I One of the things I kind of like... Um, learn is that we're all human you know we're all going through this a human experience and i think it's so important to honor the light as well as the shadow aspects of ourselves because that makes us the totality of who we are the, the light wholeness. and the shadow aspect yeah. i like that yeah okay. all right right on <laughs> you know we got to honor that you know and um you know social media just shows a certain aspects of ourselves and you know um so people tend to just to show the positive side of themselves it's just a, a glimpse of themselves and i, I don't I don't take um, everyone's social media account and think that's the, their life is perfect because that's not that's not existence. I believe you know we all right. go through similar um, dark stuff that we tend to share or not share. Right. You know, and you know we have the power to choose to whatever we want to post on our social media. But I think it's it's so important to have that balance, like you said, of sharing inspirational stuff, sharing positive stuff, positivity, yeah. but as well as the raw human aspects of 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 grief despair sadness loneliness depression Mm -hmm. and different other types of emotional distresses that we may want to suppress or not not share yeah but when we do that i think it gives permission for people to do the same to to honor the aspects of the shadow um selves and to really process that because i learned that those shadow aspects of the self or those those raw human emotions that we label as uncomfortable there are messengers there's our teachers for mm. us if we choose to look at it from those perspective yeah. um, when i'm feeling sad i'm feeling um hurt i'm feeling anger those are messengers for for something needs to be addressed something needs to be looked at something needs to be processed something needs to be healed and when i look at it from that perspective and really feel those raw human emotions allow those emotions to teach me um to educate me to inform me that something needs to be addressed mm. that's a beautiful experience i believe you know mm. and just really sharing that and kind of articulating that with through social media or different places that i speak at um i think it's, it's a powerful and i believe it's empowering as well too yeah and i give people the permission to do the same sure i have i have issues with social media mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and and letting any vulnerability out there mm-hmm. and i could do it verbally Mm-hmm. better you know on this podcast or mm-hmm. during a seminar but typing it is difficult mm-hmm. i don't know why it, mm-hmm. especially now mm-hmm. i mean i was doing it five years ago mm-hmm. you know when i garnered my little audience you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying and um but i've just i've just gone so darn deep inside mm. that i don't even want to be on social media anymore mm. yeah and um i don't if you look at my personal page, man, I haven't posted. I mm-hmm. mean, I barely post. I post these episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's episode 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I got to post something about Sunlight Sunny. What am I going to post? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh. Yeah. You know, it's hard, man. Like, you know, I'm going to a monastery in October. Mm-hmm. And there's no social media there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's, um, I don't know. Maybe it's an evolution of some kind. That's a beautiful thing, though, you know. Do you, but well, I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. a follow-up question. Is mm-hmm. Do you feel like social media has become part of your job? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because social media, I believe it's a tool. You know, it's a neutral tool, I believe. So if you, know. you okay, mm-hmm. so let me back up. If you weren't the Bruce Springsteen of Hartford, <laughs> would you still post? 
if I wasn't. Um, if you didn't have to for your business. Let's just say you had a regular nine to five job and mm-hmm. you, know, you, were, you were content. Mm-hmm. Would you still post in the manner that you do? Or, That's hard to say. Yeah. That's hard to it's say. It's a hypothetical. Yeah. Because, but I, I do look at it as, as a neutral tool to utilize um, in a way because it, it has a lot of pros and cons to it. Yeah. Um, just like even... You know, I could use my car. You know, uh, my car is my transportation is a neutral tool as well too. It mm-hmm. can help me to go to work or it can help me to rob a bank. You know, so therefore you could run someone over. Huh? You could run someone over. Yeah, yeah, or run somebody over. You right, know. Right. So I look at social media as a neutral tool as well. It's my intention behind how I utilize it, um, because um, the way how how the society is now, we have opportunities to reach a, a mass uh, amount of people um, through our social media platforms. Um, to really connect with them and share information, um, you get, receive information, connect with, with loved ones from all over the world. Um, so it's a, it's a platform that we can utilize that um, in that way. And I, sure. I, I choose to, to use, utilize it in that way to really um, spread the energy and vibration of positivity, um, of um, inspiring thoughts and inspiring because it's a vibration it's an energy as well too exactly. what I put out, out there as well exactly so how do i utilize it in a way that works for me instead of a way that's dis- disempowering or, or it doesn't serve me um or or my intentions behind the work that i do so just utilizing because that's part of our, our culture right now and yeah. utilizing in a way that that works for for society yeah. and not taking away from society yeah um yeah if you look at my page like mm-hmm. my instagram and my mm-hmm. business pages they're all <laughs> they're all inspirational yeah. like Dr. Reese posters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's no personal. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's 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 quite. Okay. And I'm just like yeah. I'm just like I can't give you me. If you want yeah. me, maybe go to the podcast. Maybe come <laughs> come to this podcast. Yeah, or come to a seminar, mm-hmm. or I'll just disappear and it'll be whatever. But yeah. um. Yeah, so I salute you for that. Thank you know, because you, you're you. using it as a as a, a positive tool. Yeah, and not everybody does that. Yeah, some people point the gun at themselves. Yeah, yeah, or run themselves over with their neutral tool called yeah. a car. You know. Yeah. So, uh, that's great, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. So, Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, you're doing great things, man. Uh, just keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, man. But if you feel you need to take a break, mm-hmm. take that break. Yeah. Don't. Don't get stressed out teaching mm. people how to, to de-stress. Stress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's part of the ebb and flow of life, too. No, because you're work. always on the go, yeah. man. I, I, dude, I look at you and I'm like, dude, how does he do it? He's on the go. Dude, how many miles do you put on your car? <laughs> it's a lot. Seriously, a lot. dude. Yeah. Yeah, the work-life balance um, is so important personally in my life to really take that time out to um, de-stress, to take that time out for family, for friends, for loved ones. Um, but when I wake up and do something that I truly love, I don't look at it as work. Right. But it, it does take a toll on the body. It does take a toll on the mind. Gotta so break. therefore, take that time to kind of like unplug um, from the matrix of life, unplug, um, detox, whether from social media, whether from people in general. Because um, I, I love my solitude. I love that, you know. Um, um, but I love also uh, working with people as well, too, and, and doing the work that I do. Um, so, but, it, you know, for me, I'm learning is all about that, have, finding that healthy balance. And sometimes it's that ebb and flow of life. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't um, have it um, perfect uh, or on point 
every single day I, is an ebb and flow for me, you know. Mm. Um, but having that awareness that these different holistic practices taught me that I know when I'm off balance, I know when I'm stressed out, I know when I'm overwhelmed. And one of the greatest powers I believe we have is the power of choice. And I can choose because um, I have tools now today that I can utilize mm. um, when I'm feeling off balance to bring me back home, back into homostasis. And, when you, balance. and, how, and how, how much balance are you provided when you help others? energetically it could be draining you know especially if you're not being reciprocated yep. on that energy so therefore yep. <laughs> um there's a, a level of of joy um and support um i get from doing the work that i do but i need to to find ways to replenish myself mm-hmm. um, because it is draining it, it is you know, um it, taxing it is because we're dealing with energy right you're dealing with other people's energies mm-hmm. i dealt with that when i had lots of clients mm-hmm. and I was dealing with sick people mm-hmm. right yeah. chronically chronically ill people mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. and then and then you got people who you know you know take your guidance and they mm-hmm. do well for a little bit and then mm-hmm. they fall off yeah and then they disappear and you're like where'd they go yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know everyone's going through their own th- stuff yeah their own process mm-hmm. you know the key is mm-hmm. I had a mystic tell me this the key is to never become attached to the results mm. yeah that's so true so if you put a post out there you don't look at the likes don't look you know you just yeah. put it out put there, it out there. Yeah. if you do a seminar that's it you mm. leave once you leave you know maybe you process it for 90 seconds mm-hmm. was it good was it bad what could i do better and then you drop it mm-hmm. yeah i really like that yeah yeah don't become attached to the results mm. that's key <laughs> yeah anyway man uh, yeah, that's that's about our time out here in this beautiful weather, mm-hmm. and we're in Glastonbury, Connecticut today by the massive, big tree. I don't know what type of tree it is, but I want anyone in the Hartford area to come to the front of Glastonbury Library and come to this tree, and I want you to get on your knees, and I want you to touch the bottom of the tree and salute it, and uh, the reason why is just to humble yourself. It's the only reason why. That's it. Mm. If you can get on your knee, you know what? That's why in India they touch the master's feet. Mm. It's not for the master. Mm-hmm. It's for the disciple or student. Mm. They don't do that here in the West. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do that here in the West. You know what I'm saying? They just don't. And uh, But look, if you go to uh, you know, a lot of Eastern religions, um, in Japan, the Shinto religion is another one. Native Americans mm. also, they really honor nature. Mm-hmm. That tree is their god mm. at this moment, right? And then maybe later on it's a flower. Maybe mm-hmm. later on it's a cloud. This nature stuff is really important. Mm-hmm. So find the tree, the big tree, biggest tree you've ever seen in your life, unless you're in San Francisco and you see one of them oh, big redwood <laughs> sequoia things. But come come see this tree, everyone, whoever's listening. Um, Glastonbury Library. Don't try to climb it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Calvin Young, where can, where can people find you? Yes, um, feel free to um, visit my, my website for up, upcoming schedules, a different um, location I'll be at, different wellness centers, yoga studios throughout New England. I can be reached at www.kelvinbyoung.com. Or it could be reached at area code 860-951-6921. Putting the number out there and everything. <laughs> is is uh, your 
is your middle name begin with a B? Yes. So it's it's sort of a double meaning there. Kelvin B. Kelvin B. Young. <laughs> Who are you, you hanging with? You can look at it like that. Kelvin B. Kelvin Young. B. Young. Kelvin B. Young. I mean, he be young. What are you gonna do? He don't be old. He be young. <laughs> Uh, K-Dubs Yeah man Yeah man <laughs> FKA FKA <laughs> Alright man For everyone listening Be sure to go to DrReese.com That's doctor spelled out And again The first 12 episodes Of this podcast Are The protocol To the inner peace Practice And from here on out Just interviewing Interesting people Of peace Interesting people Of peace Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.